Why? What happened? Let's see. How shall I put this? Well, just put it. He took it out. <laughs> he what? He took <gasps> it out. But I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Hello! Hey, folks! And welcome to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. We are a Seinfeld podcast out of Melbourne, Australia, and we take a random episode of Seinfeld and examine the secondary characters from it. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen. And I'm the other host, Ivan, and uh, we're back in person for the first time in quite a few weeks. Yeah, about 10 weeks, I think. Yeah. I think uh, March 20-something was the last time we recorded in person, so it's uh, nice to see your pretty face again, Ivan. Yeah, indeed. And you too, Stevie boy, with your nice beard. <laughs> you got a nice little beard going on. Yeah, I've got a little COVID-19 beard. <laughs> no, it's COVID-19 beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's, uh, well, that's not one of the side effects of getting the virus. <laughs> no, if that was, I would have had it years ago. Oh, my Lord. I'm uh, actually case one. What do they call that? Uh, patient zero. Patient zero. <laughs> patient zero. <laughs> nice. But no, it's good to good to see you again, mate. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like when we're in person, I feel like we can really bounce off each other when we do these. Yeah, the so energy is different. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easier to edit too. Like I just told you before off air, it's much easier to put together. Better for everyone. <laughs> Indeed, yes. I think it's better for the listeners too, because we sound better. We're not on Skype. No, that's right. So we're just, we're just in the same room and it works. Exactly. Uh, before we crack on with the episode, I just wanted to address, uh, we've just taken a couple of weeks off. I uh, recently had an unfortunate passing in my family and I had to head up to Brisbane uh, where that was to deal with that. And uh, I just wasn't in a good frame of mind to record remotely. So we've had a couple of weeks off. So just in case you were wondering if you hadn't seen our social media posts, that's what's happened. But uh, we're back in the swing of things now in person, which is good timing. Yeah. So we'll be back to regular posting. And uh, thanks for understanding those people who did offer their support and understanding much appreciated and uh yeah back to normal now yeah and we do appreciate it and uh, like i said it's good good to see you man yep yeah, absolutely. Anyway, today we are doing the stand-in from Season 5, and uh, we're going to talk about a few secondary characters today, uh, a few very, I guess, a couple of controversial uh, characters. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Daphne, uh, George's episode girlfriend. Uh, I've got also got notes on Phil Totola, as well as uh, Tammy and Johnny, the two actors who are working with Mickey, and a bit about Mickey Abbott as well, because this is actually his first appearance on the show. Yeah, and we have done a full What's the Deal with episode back when we did those, uh, I think, in 2017, 2018 maybe even in 2019 mm. uh, I can't remember what uh, episode number it is but if you go back through our feed you'll find a full episode just about Mickey Abbott yeah because he was a well is a substantial secondary character <laughs> absolutely yes if you want to get in touch you can email us bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com we're on all forms of social media you can say hello on Twitter Instagram, Facebook and Reddit uh, if you want to help us out you can uh, leave a five star rating or review on whatever podcast app you choose and uh, you'll find all of our previous episodes uh, on whatever service you choose and if you want to support us financially we have a Patreon that's right, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And currently we have Tim, Holly, Nakia, Jeff, Kelly, Greg, and Neil as our patrons. So uh, thanks very much, guys. And uh, I think around this time the episode comes out, uh, in the next week we'll actually start charging for Patreon. We have given free stuff like Curbcast, our bonus Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, as well as some other perks. We have been giving those out for free, but uh, from June 1st we are going to start charging. So if you want to listen to our back 
back catalog and what we've released so far between now and then for free sign up now and uh, you'll get charged from june yeah that's right i think this episode will be dropping on may 27 on our normal feed so uh yeah if you want to sign up between may 27 and june 1st for free and listen to all of our stuff and then cancel (laughs) you can do that yes uh if you don't want to do that and continue uh yeah after june 1st you will be charged for whatever uh tea you sign up per month indeed anyway seinfeld isms my man i actually have two seinfeld isms one of them is actually an extension of the one that you gave us a couple of weeks ago regarding the uh margaret moves to mars podcast oh yeah yeah yeah. anyway so margaret moves to mars is a podcast like a sketch comedy improv it's like an improv it's like an improv sketch podcast Podcast, yeah yeah yeah. so it's it's actually really really funny and you mentioned uh, jerry seinfeld is featured in uh you know a couple of scenes um but actually i listened to the entire series i think there's like six episodes of it or i don't know they might be coming back for more i'm I'm not too sure but jerry he's actually featured ironically enough as a secondary character all right he's actually like in there and he's actually in scenes but he does all his kind of observational things like he'll say things like what's the deal with mars bars why don't they just call them earth bars because Uh, it's set in mars (laughs) so he does all these kind of what's the deal with this and that and all this observational stuff and and the guy puts on his voice it's actually quite funny is he a character in the story or is he just sort of a background character just to give some levity to the the drama that's unfolding actually he's more of a background character but they do acknowledge him as well so he exists in that in that narrative yeah he got sent to mars oh yeah yeah. so he's actually like a martian Right. Yeah, yeah, which is really strange. And oh. then you don't see him again after like episode four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I only listened to the first episode and I I think it was recommended by another podcast to yeah. listen to. So I gave it a try and really liked it, but I haven't listened to the rest. But Yeah. Yeah. Keep listening. Like literally for the first three or four episodes, he's quite prominent. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Obviously, not him in real life, but the guy putting on his voice. He actually does a really good job. He okay. does like the real whiny, what's the deal with this? Yeah, I do. I, I don't remember no. it specifically, but I, I do yeah. remember it being quite good. Yeah, yeah, he's quite good. Quite well done. Nice. I think that's the first Seinfeldism we've had where, you know, another person has added on to the original Seinfeldism. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's really, but you recommended it. And I, I, I had seen it on the Apple podcast, like feature page and stuff. And I thought I'll give it a crack and listened. And yeah, you said Jerry Seinfeld was only in it for a bit, but yeah, he's in it for heaps. Oh, <laughs> Quite okay. a bit. And uh, my second Seinfeldism, I've been watching the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance, mm. about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And uh, there's actually, I think in the fifth or sixth episode, uh, Jerry Seinfeld actually features in it. Um, there's a clip from 1998 where uh, Michael Jordan, they just finished playing a game and they're in the dressing room. And uh, Jerry, got, I think it's um, Bulls and Knicks in New York, maybe. And uh, Jerry goes to see Michael Jordan and they chat with each other. Ah. Yeah, but it was from 1998, so it was really cool. That was probably the most 90 thing, 90s thing that happened in the 90s. Exactly. Michael Jerry Jordan and, and Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> hanging out after a game in a locker room. Yeah, that's it. They were just chatting for a bit. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh. Yeah, so another good Seinfeldism. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I haven't watched the series yet, but uh, I've just restarted uh, watching uh, Community. Oh, Community. Yeah, nice. Yeah, because nice. I've, I've seen yeah. most of it, but my partner hadn't seen it at all, and I'd kept on harassing her to watch it, and she's finally gotten into it, and she loves it. So oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Once I finish that, we're getting through it pretty quickly. Uh will uh yeah i'll definitely get on to the last end uh, i've got one seinfeldism recently i was typing uh to a friend bane uh well his name's not bane i was typing the word bane to a friend <laughs> right i'm actually friends with bane you are bane and tom hardy <laughs> uh and it auto corrected to babs cool oh well, there you go yeah you've been using babs in your speech quite a bit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm babs <laughs> the revolution is upon us <laughs> indeed and yeah, that's all the Seinfeldisms I've had. Very good. Now, Seinfeld news, buddy. Uh, before we do get into Seinfeld news, we have a couple of 
Uh, how many pieces did you have? Uh, there's, got, there's at least one big piece you have. Yeah, imagine. so about six or seven things have happened over the last couple of weeks because we've taken that recording break, but uh, I've only reported three or four, yeah. the more significant bits. Indeed, but before we do get into it, we do want to acknowledge a uh, listener who did email us in the last couple of weeks. His name's Adrian because he emailed us telling us about the late Sam Lloyd mm. um, who passed away, but what happened was we actually actually told us uh, the week before our episode that we talked about that came out. So we did talk about Sam Lloyd in an episode so, but it didn't release for like a week. So Adrian yeah. thought maybe we didn't really follow it. But we told him that, you know, if you listen to last week's or two weeks ago's episode, we actually talked about it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he just said, just wanted to let us know. And he, uh, he says he's enjoying the podcast. So, oh, cool. yeah, I thought I'd just clear that up. No, thank you for the kind words and thank you for letting us know. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that wouldn't have been something we'd miss. But we appreciate Indeed. you letting us know anyway. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on to Seinfeld news. Uh, like you said, big news. Uh, the unfortunate and very sad passing of Jerry Stiller. He played Frank Costanza, uh, George's father. Probably the most loved secondary character <sighs> and probably for a lot of people, the most loved character. I think one of the best secondary characters in TV history. Yeah, yeah I'd, sure. I'd agree. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was just so, like, obviously he's very old, um, but yeah, he had a few health issues in the past and stuff. But yeah, really an absolute legend. And he had an incredible career as well. Like, yeah. him and his wife, Anna Mira, or Anne Mira, um, you know, they were like a comedy duo in yep. the 60s and 70s. And, you know, they used to, uh, yeah, do comedy sketches and singing and dancing and stuff. And of course, they gave birth to Ben, who, who had a career of his own. And uh, yeah, still the, has. Still has, exactly. And the rest is history. So yeah, Jerry Stiller, it was a very sad moment. And I do remember on your Facebook page, Seinfeldisms, there was a lot of tributes to Jerry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's the sort of news that, I mean, you know, Sam Lloyd's passing, you know, is no more or less sad than Jerry Stiller's, but he wasn't as high profile as Jerry Stiller, I guess. So, uh, you know, outside of the Seinfeld universe, may- maybe, or Scrubs, you know, many, maybe a lot of people didn't know who Sam Lloyd was, mm, yeah. but Jerry Stiller was the sort of actor, even if you're not a Seinfeld fan or you're just a casual fan, you would understand how significant it is and how mm. upsetting it is to... Not only Seinfeld fans, but to comedy fans in general. And he had a really good second run in The King of Queens as yeah. well. So, yeah. Really, yeah. Some people say that's probably as good as Frank, his role okay. as Arthur. So. I've only watched a few episodes of The King, uh, King of Queens, but uh, I do remember him being pretty good. He was sort of a similar kind of character. Like, yeah. You know, sort of, he, he would just go off on rages. That's and, right. Yeah. He was just a bit, a bit wacky and just, yeah. Yeah. A bit eccentric. So, rest in peace, Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Thank you for the laughs. Indeed. Uh, yeah. So, just a few details about his passing. Uh, he did pass away on May 11. Again, it's a bit late in terms of our reporting because of that recording break he was 92 uh and there as well as you know countless tributes from media organizations and other comedians uh there's a really nice interview i think a cbs reporter uh sat down with uh ben stiller at his home and uh, ben talked about many memories of him growing up and sort of going to sets when uh when jerry you know was doing his comedy thing in the 60s and 70s with his wife. Um, and he also talked about how fun it was to direct him because Jerry was in Zoolander. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's he, right. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but he was like Zoolander's manager yeah, or yeah, agent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was fun. And he said, you yeah, know, being the son directing your father when it's normally the other way around was a really cool experience. Uh, and he also talked a lot about Seinfeld and how Seinfeld and then The King of Queens was sort of like a, a resurgence of his career. Like yeah, before yeah. he was cast, his career was kind of winding down. He was in his like mid mid to late 60s you know, retirement age. And then he got cast in Seinfeld and he had like a, a massive unexpected resurgence. Oh, King of Queens, he got recast. 
No, I, I mean... Oh, like, you mean Seinfeld? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, so his career was winding yeah, down yeah, and then right, he got right, cast right. in Seinfeld. Yeah, of course. Uh, sorry, yeah. did I say recast? Oh, yeah, recast. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I meant I meant cast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then that sort of gave his, his career a second wind. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what he's most known for, really. And then he went on to King of Queens. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Anyway, rest in peace, man. Indeed. So on May 17, uh, Jerry Seinfeld was a guest on the Howard Stern Show. Howard asked him who he thought uh, might have been able to play Kramer other than Michael. Uh, initially, Jerry said that no one could. I mean, Michael's Kramer, Kramer's Michael. Uh, and then after some thought, uh, he asked a couple of questions and he came back to it and he said uh, that maybe Andy Kaufman, the, <laughs> I guess, eccentric, um, but also legendary comedian from the sort of 70s and 80s. I think he died maybe in the 90s. Yeah, he died. And I think it was maybe the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was sort of one of those comedians, you know, during his actual time, he wasn't considered that great, but it was only over time. Like kind of like Bill Hicks in a way. Like mm. as time has gone on and people have looked back at his material, he's been appreciated more and more and more. And he was portrayed by Jim Carrey in Man on the Moon. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And I think that did a lot to sort of, uh, you know, open his comedy up to, to newer, younger audiences. Um, yeah, and if you watch his comedy from back then, you can see why Jerry would think that he'd be able to play Kramer. Maybe a different Kramer, but uh, certainly a decent Kramer in, anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the third bit of news is, well, it's kind of two bits of news. So uh, you actually sent me this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, there's been an ongoing court case by one of the former producers um, of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. He claimed that he came up with the idea of Comedians, I think, back in 2008, 2009. Uh, and he sued Jerry about two years ago for copyright infringement. And uh, about a year ago, that case was dismissed. He appealed. Uh, and then it was re-dismissed recently. Uh, and that's basically, that's it. That's it. Jerry won. Yeah, yeah, he won. So, yeah, he won the original case and the appeal. Yeah. Uh, the guy, I don't actually have his name. I should, but uh, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, that's it. It's all done. It's, it's all, all over, done. Say. Game over. So, we don't have to mention this on Seinfeld News ever again. No, I that's think it's it. come up like four or five times, you At know, because court cases move very slowly. So, <laughs> You know, sometimes it takes six months or a year for news to emerge. Uh, but yeah, plus, yeah, all plus over. with COVID nineteen as well. Yeah, it's exactly. Delays. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep. Thank goodness we can put this behind us. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Finally. And uh, in addition to that, uh, Jerry spoke about, I guess, the relief he felt, um, you know, now that that's over. Uh, he gave an interv interview to Variety and uh, he happened to mention, I guess, the, the the future of comedians and cars getting coffee. And he didn't confirm, but he kind of indicated quite strongly that it's, it's done. Yeah. He feels like the last season on Netflix is, you know, is enough. And, and Jerry's the sort of guy, he did it with Seinfeld, where... Once he feels like it's 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 done its dash, it's over. He doesn't push things beyond what he thinks they should go. He has too much caffeine in his system now. Doctors I think have so. said you have to stop drinking coffee. Yeah. Stop bringing out your comedian mates, driving around and having two cups of coffee because it'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. I must admit, I I don't know. I, I, sometimes I love comedians in cars and sometimes I just think it's pretty pretty average. I guess it depends on the guest. I yeah. mean, some guests, like, they're really fascinating. I reckon the best one ever was probably Eddie Murphy. Yep. And it was actually one of his longest ones. I think it was like 40, 45 minutes or something. Yep. Usually they're like, what, 15, 20 minutes an episode, yeah. thereabouts. But his was like twice as long. But that was really fascinating getting an insight into him and the way he thinks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. really interesting. And how much respect Jerry has for him. I like those kinds. But yeah, ones which with like C grade comedians that I've never heard of and stuff. I'm like, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know. But the ones with the Seinfeld cast, there was I think there was one with Michael Richards yeah. and one with only one with Jason and one with Julia Louis. I think yeah, all I think three he's of them have been them. on. Yeah, he's and on the very first there. episode ever he did with Larry David. Yeah, that's so right. He's sort of yeah, he's, yeah. he's had everyone. He's had to everyone. Do with Seinfeld. Yeah. Absolutely, they were fun. They yeah. were fun. But uh, yeah, 
and and Eddie's, but uh, a few others as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, most of them are like yeah, pretty pretty average. They, I get. I've always said that comedians in cars is kind of like having a cup of coffee. You yeah. should have it in moderation. Like you can't watch ten episodes at once. No, it's not, a, like one it's or not two. a bingeable show. Nah, just like one or two, just like coffee, and that's it. Yeah. Then you go off and do something else, and come back in a week and watch another one. Yeah, I, th- I think I've uh, said this before on on this podcast that one of one of the things I find most boring in this world is comedians like drilling down into the art and structure of comedy and (laughs) it's you know it's very intriguing to them but it's i love comedy i love comedians to a certain extent i am interested in how they form jokes and how they think and you know the work it takes to come up with a good comedy set but when they talk about it as if they're sort of curing cancer it's just it's very boring Mm. and it's very repetitive it's like you're very good at what you do, but you're just telling jokes. You have to be kind of in it to understand it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I understand it. It's not like they're talking on such a level that's beyond my intellect to grasp. It's just very boring. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, Stephen. When we come back, we are talking about The Stand-In. That is Season 5, Episode 16, the debut of Mickey Abbott. And we have notes on him as well as some other very interesting secondary characters in this one. So we'll be back. Hi, this is Zach. And Aaron from Seinfeld Law. And uh, you are listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. The stand-in was Season 5, Episode 16, and it first aired in the US on February 24th, 1994, directed by Tom Sharones and written by Larry David. In this episode, Jerry visits a friend in hospital after he hears the guy needs cheering up. His name is Fulton. He's played by Michael Rifkin. No matter how hard he tries, though, Jerry can't get him to crack a smile. Elaine goes out on a date with someone Jerry recommends to her. His name is Phil Totola. He's played by Mark Timchison. On their first date, he has a bit of a surprise for her. <laughs> he took it out. It, it, it. out, and, out. And that is like a real Larry Davidism, using, you know, ambiguous words to try to imply something which is sexual, which we've seen many times in the contest, which is also, I think, a Larry David penned episode and the Hamptons. Yep. You know, that I think that's also Larry David, um, maybe. So, yeah, he, he has a knack of, like, you know, not saying explicit things sexually but also using words or other kind of things to imply it so yeah, yeah it's a definitely a larryism but it's specific enough that you're never confused exactly you know, sometimes you know exactly you can, what it is yeah, yeah sometimes you can use metaphors and you're like are they talking about this or that but you always know exactly what they're talking about <laughs> he took it out yeah i remember even as a kid watching this not specifically but being younger you know you you you're a bit more naive. You're not aware of uh, subtle things like that. Yeah. But even as a kid, it was clear what they were talking about. Can you believe Elaine got Me Too'd before Me Too became a thing? I'm sure many women got many, me too yeah, before, yeah. Before, yeah, before Elaine. Elaine wasn't the first one to be yeah. sexually assaulted. Well, we've seen in Hollywood in that industry, yeah. you know, some pervs and, yeah. you know, the justice that they got. So, yeah, I mean, you know. my, my complete side note, but my mum is a massive fan of sort of the golden age of Hollywood. She mm. loves reading autobiographies and watching movies from that time, sort of like the 30s and 40s. Sure. But some of the stories she's told me about some of the male actors from that time, they're just, you know, and, and you know, obviously uh, it was a different time, the way genders interacted but you know yeah i mean it anyway it's always been around it's always been around indeed i know very sad um kramer gets a job as a stand-in for an actor on a daytime soap opera and becomes friendly with another stand-in mickey abbott in his debut episode he is what he describes as a little person and of course he is played by the wonderful danny woodburn uh one of kramer's suggestions gets mickey into a bit of trouble he suggests that uh, mickey should heighten his shoes to make him look taller because the child actor is growing very fast yeah and it takes mickey a little while to uh acquiesce to that 
suggestion, but mm. uh, his desperation gets the better of him. And he finally gets caught out by his uh, nemesis, another little man. Yeah, Joey. Joey, that's right. Uh, Johnny, most- Johnny. Johnny. Johnny, yes. Sorry, Johnny, Joey. <laughs> that's right. Um, and speaking of Johnny, our other secondary characters are Joe Gieb. He plays Johnny. Uh, Carla Tamborelli plays Daphne or Daphne, <laughs> George's episode girlfriend. Uh, w. Earl Brown plays Al. Uh, and Debbie Lee Carrington plays Tammy, the other little person actress or actor. Trivia for the episode, Stephen. I only have a few. Uh, Michael Richards, do you know he actually wore a back brace and padding for the scene where Mickey pushes him onto the ground? Yeah, normally uh, Michael's pretty good at just going in there without any support. Um, but obviously he was afraid of Danny's physical prowess of course. and his leaping ability enough to to uh, to prepare with, with a back brace. Absolutely, yeah. Just uh, that was planned so he wouldn't take a fall. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't take an injury while falling. Yeah. yeah. Good move, I think. Very good move. Yeah. Carol Leifer, uh, one of the writers of the show and a woman whom Elaine is partially based on, actually inspired the storyline for Elaine in this episode. So she once went on a date where a man exposed himself uh, and she told the story and uh, Larry obviously thought it was good enough to, I mean, who wouldn't, mm, yeah. uh, good enough to put into the episode. There you go. I mean, that's that's a storyline just, I mean, that just writes itself. You're like, well, we've got to include that. Come on. But it's funny how it's not the main storyline. Yeah. It's kind of like the secondary storyline. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, once it's done, it's done. It's not something you can like get a lot of mileage out of. No. And I think they did that. If, if it was like the contest where it was like, you know, the, 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 the thing that kept on repeating itself, it would have been a bit. I don't know, it just would have felt forced. But yeah, just happening absolutely. once, I think, was uh, was very tasteful. And it was more than halfway into the episode. Yeah. yeah. And the only other trivia that I had, Steve, uh, Bob Odenkirk, also known as Saul Goodman, <laughs> the actor who plays him, he auditioned for the role of Phil, but he was unsuccessful. Uh, he'd end up playing Elaine's boyfriend in The Abstinence in Season 8. Yep. Mm. That's the uh, almost doctor. Almost the doctor. The failed doctor. That's right. And But he acknowledges that he's not a doctor. Yeah, which is that's fun. true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, the only other trivia I had, again, was uh, real-life inspiration. So Mickey's storyline was actually inspired by an observation that Larry David had. I'm not sure where or when, uh, but at some point during his career, he noticed that little people, just like in this episode, uh, often stand-ins for child actors, and he obviously thought that that was good enough or funny enough to turn into a storyline. Oh, makes sense. I mean, you know, you can't just get a child usually out of school to become a stand-in. I'd imagine most children would want to be actors, not standing to for the lights and the camera yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense and apparently it's uh also a bit of a loophole because they're adults they can work longer hours yeah that's true yeah so yeah. it's actually more economical for uh, movie studios and, and production studios to employ little people over children. Oh, goodness. Because uh, they can, uh, you know, make them stand there for eight hours as opposed to three hours or whatever the restrictions yeah, are. That's it. So, Very sad. Yep. They're all, all absolutely at a disadvantage, with the exception of a few little actors, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage and, of course, Danny as well. Uh, yeah, not many uh, opportunities yeah. for actors of that sort. I noticed as well, this is like, uh, you know, like Mickey's a great character. And he's in the episode. Uh, he's in the series quite prominently, but uh, it's rare that a little person isn't like a some sort of mystical being, like an elf or something like that. So, yeah, or he, um, he ends up uh, dressing as an elf in the race. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. different context. Yeah, like like Peter Dinklage in um, Game, of uh, Game of Thrones is awesome, and he's you know he's not like a mystical being, but he's still like in that world. It's still like in a fantasy yeah. uh, context. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that meant a lot to Danny and maybe to little people across the board. I don't know. I'm just yeah, assuming. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about our first secondary character. I reckon we should go with the Me Too man himself, Phil Totola. What do you reckon? Yeah. He's played by Mark Tim Chisin, I think, or Tim Chishin. I think it must be an Eastern European name. Um, Timmy C. Timmy C, that's the one. Uh, Mark Timmy C. He's known for the films He Said, She Said and uh, the TV show Boston Legal. Uh, I feel he's an absolute entitled pervert. 
He doesn't understand the consequences of his actions and he's probably a misogynist at heart. Yep. I think in 2020 he'd be probably close to a men's rights activist or something like that. Oh, maybe. Or he'd at least be outed on yeah. Twitter or something. Uh, obviously, he's not a, a big time guy. He's a very he's one of Jerry's friends and probably another fellow comic, but probably not as popular. Yep. But yeah, he'd absolutely be yeah. des- destroyed on social media. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he is offended and he vocalizes his offense about a woman breastfeeding in a hospital... <laughs> Uh, immediately, but he's completely unaware about how inappropriate it is to pull your dick out hmm. to a relative stranger. Uh, yeah, goes uh, goes a long way to show who he really is. Yeah, he and certainly like, can't like Joe read the said, room. Like, well, you showed her who you are. Yeah, he literally. <laughs> yeah. he certainly can't read the room. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. yeah I, I think he's just. I, I think entitled is the best way to put it. Um, I mean, he's he seems very charming. Jerry has a high opinion of him before, and he seems shocked. Uh, not just because you know. Uh, your, your friend sort of being flashed a cock uh, <laughs> without their consent. You know, that's a shocking thing to hear from anyone. But I think he's doubly shocked because he, the least person he expected from was Phil. Um, and I think it takes a little while for Jerry to sort of get his head around. You know, like he's like, what? Like he, he can't even believe that not, not only someone would do it, but that Phil would do it. We um, play softball together. Yeah. And Jerry is not a, an easy person to impress. He's sort of... You know he's he's personable, but he doesn't. He's not very warm to most people. He's mm. you know he's he's civil, but he's not. He never speaks highly of many people. Mm, yeah. But he speaks so highly of Phil. So I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine that Phil's quite charming. Yeah. Um, and just really person uh, personable. Uh, th- the fact that he's able to win over Jerry, I think, says a lot about his personality. But obviously, you know, behind the personality, he's just. Uh, a pretty shit dude. And before the taking it out incident as well, just adding to that, Steve. Yeah. Uh, she, he impressed Elaine too. Yeah, even her she and Elaine, was really like, into him. After the first date, they're laughing. He, he, she's telling him about the pachyderm story with the pizzas. Yep. Uh, and yeah, she's really having a great time with him. So you can tell like it was the first date. They really hit it off. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, Elaine even says, you know, like it's, it's a shame that Jerry, you know, that it took so long for us to hook up on a date. Um, so yeah, she was obviously really into him. I'm, I'm sure he showed her like a really good time. And then, showed uh, her more than that. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, then he showed her not a really good time. No, so, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think he's sort of, um, you know, uh, out like initially a really charming guy, but uh, you know, once you get to know him or once he once he wants something from you, especially a woman sexually, mm. he uh, yeah he he doesn't know what uh, he doesn't know how to appropriate no but the question is i mean when he does the act obviously you don't see his dick you know obviously for censorship and stuff but it sounds like he's kind of relieved when he takes it out what do you think his motive was to do it oh to get a blowjob yeah okay yeah yeah well Well, to engage engage in some sort of sexual activity yeah yeah sure sure yeah i don't i don't i mean kramer's like maybe needed to let it breathe no (laughs) no i don't think i mean (laughs) elaine was if, if he for some reason if he needed to let his penis breathe Elaine was just about to leave the car. Exactly. You could wait an extra 20 seconds and then take it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. But the, the fact that he did it and you didn't see him. So mm. maybe- he just looked like he relieved when he took it out. You know, okay. he just like, he was like breathing like relief, like, <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I was maybe- wondering if there was like another motive, but I don't think so. Nah, he's no. just a perv. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he did it, you know, didn't even notice it. So he either did it before. They started, you know, because when it cuts to the scene, they're halfway through the joke and they're laughing their heads off uh, when Elaine's telling the pachyderm story. Uh, But at no point do you see him sort of adjust himself or, you know, make a motion that he's doing it. So he's either very sly or he (laughs) took it out long ago. So I would assume that this is not his first uh, incident. In his incident. He mentions when Elaine's saying the joke because he's laughing so hard that he needs, he might pee his pants. Mm. Do you think that I doubt it probably does, but would there be any association between him taking it out in that line or is it just... Maybe he's just saying he's just so happy 
Maybe a Freudian association, but definitely not. Yeah, a, definitely not conscious. I'm trying to find like a reason as to like another reason as to why he would have done nah. it. But there's absolutely no justification for ever doing Look, that. Even at all. even if you even if he had to take it out and it was completely non-sexual, just taking your dick out in front of someone, yeah, is just you just don't do someone it. Someone you've only met that night, exactly, or, or anyone, unless yeah. they want you to, yeah. or unless you know that it's going to be okay, which is probably not many people. Absolutely not. No. Um, yeah. So even if he had no. Uh, agenda, and for some reason he just pulled it out. It's still fucked. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Oh, and it's whether terrible. he had a, whether, yeah, whether he had a yeah. honest intention or whether he's just a pig. Oh, it's it's just, just in and act. of itself, it's garbage. It's a shit act. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, dog act. Dog. Yeah, dog. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Phil's shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is charming. And he's only in one episode. He is. Yeah. Yep. Charming, but uh, a pig. Absolutely. A charming pig. pig. Yes. A Harvey Weinstein light. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, Harvey Weinstein's not charming. That's the difference. No. He, he re- you can smell the pig on him. You can, You yeah. watch even interviews before me, too, and you're just like, oh, this yeah, guy's creepy. Yeah, oh, absolutely oh. perfect. Yeah. Anyway, what a, what a terrible man. But, anyway, that's not the point. But, yes, Phil Totola, he's only in one episode, and I'm glad he doesn't appear again. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the little actors, uh, Tammy and Johnny, shall we? Sure. Tammy, she was played by the late Debbie Lee Carrington. She's known for the films Men in Black, Total Recall, and She's All That. And uh, she did pass away in 2018 in California. She was aged 58. She fancies Mickey until she finds out about the heightened uh, lifts in his shoes. Obviously, like we mentioned earlier, we're not familiar with the acting scene for little people, so I don't know if heightening is like a problem in that scene or if it's just like a fictional thing that that's made up i'm not sure but tammy's really into mickey in the scene that when she's introduced you know mickey says let's do lunch and tammy says oh i'm not today but maybe another time i see it in our future i'll see it in our future yeah so she's obviously really keen on him it's established that mickey obviously stands in for the bigger stars um, you know, he mentions he stands in for Macaulay Culkin and Punky even, Brewster. Punky Brewster before you all was nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was standing one. in for Punky Brewster before all your views were nothing. Yeah, all your views were nothing. Yeah. So, and he seems to be a bit older than Tammy as well. So Mickey's had more experience and he gets the bigger roles. I think Tammy respects him yeah. for that as well. Yep. Um, and probably respects his tenacity. And we've talked about Mickey in his own special episode. Yeah, he's, an, he's an angry man, but he's a very uh, he's, determined he's, man. Yeah, he's very and determined. he's yeah, and he's yeah. a he's a he's a cool dude. I like Mickey a lot. Yeah, we, I like him too. He's in my top 20 secondary characters we've done so far. So yeah. He's very enjoyable. But yeah, I think she has an absolute respect to him professionally and personally. And I feel that her herself, she's committed to her craft too. Yeah. 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 I mean, she obviously takes the craft and not only for herself as an actress, but, uh, you know, little people's progress in acting in general. Because, yeah. I mean, that's her main gripe that she uh, has with Mickey is that not only is he cheating, but it's setting back you know, the progress that little people have made overall. Mm. So I think she's offended. Well, she's bothered by him, you know, being deceptive, but also just the, the, the larger effect it has. So yeah, I think she takes acting very seriously Yeah, and she feels personally insulted as well as, insulted on behalf of all little people absolutely i really loved her hairdo as well i like that kind of big 80s perm yeah. kind of look i liked it on her yeah I kind of look like yeah i don't know i now that you mention it it reminds me of like heather lockley from the yeah, 80s or something yeah 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 that's it yeah very very similar of any blonde actress but i actually liked it on her I, yeah I dug it yeah yeah no, no, something i noticed she seems really cool too she's like really smiley and flirty and just i reckon she'd be like a really fun person yeah yeah definitely um she just seems like a really cool awesome person yeah, very um, fun and, like I said, very committed to her craft. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I understand why she would be upset with Mickey. She, I think all of her respect that she had for him was gone. Was gone, absolutely. And yep. that was it. 
that's it. Yeah, and she's and again, this is uh, the only episode that she's in. Yeah, I I don't think she would have uh, Johnny, who we'll talk about in a second. Mm, yeah. But uh, I don't think they would have lasted more than that lunch date because he seems like a bit of a prick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what you mean, Tammy and Johnny? Yeah. 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 Anyway, speaking of Johnny, he was played by Joel uh, Joe Gieb, rather. Uh, he's known for epic movie and weird science. Clearly, he's very jealous of Mickey and his achievements. Uh, of well, it seems to me like Johnny either doesn't have enough talent or he doesn't have enough pull for the producers to be a stand-in. I think he's probably a stand-in for like those extra children in shows, mm-hmm. maybe like the secondary characters. And he kind of wants that one big role that like Mickey had, you know, with Punky Brewster and Macaulay Culkin. You know, the he's had, you know, Mickey's been so lucky with stand-in roles and I think Johnny's very jealous of him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he clearly has it in for him. And uh, like I mentioned, because Mickey gets more gigs than him. Yeah, for sure. A bit higher profile gigs too. Yeah. I think Johnny, uh, even if Mickey wasn't around to be jealous of, Johnny seems just like a, a guy that's always looking for trouble. Yeah, He yeah, just wants yeah. to stick his nose in and he's just like, he's like curious to the point of just stirring shit. He I think he's a bit of a shit stirrer. A bit of a shit stirrer. He even went into Mickey's locker as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's okay to be suspicious, I guess. Uh, but yeah, to just sort of like butt in and 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 try and sort of fuck someone over is a bit bit uh, a bit shit. A bit shit. Yeah. Um. He's for some reason he reminds me of like a greaser or something. He's got like a real like yeah. greaser kind of not like gangster but like a bad boy. You know, like a like a Jimmy Dean sort of vibe or something looks, like that. He kind of looks Italian American. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just like with the leather jacket and the like. I don't know how what the name of those hats are, but like those sort of. They're kind of like golf caps, but I think he's wearing like a leather hat yeah. sort of thing. And he's got like the jeans and he's got like rolled up cuffs in his jeans. He just, I don't know. He looks like he could be like a, you know, like a sixth T-bird or something <laughs> like that from Greece. You know, actually, like, you know who he kind of reminds me of in terms of personality and demeanor? Mm. He reminds me of Paulie Walnuts from The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like a real like, he's just got like a real like, fuck you yeah, sort of thing. Like he's just, yeah. he's just sort of pissed off at the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He reminds me of Paulie. Yeah. Kind of like his style, his yeah. attitude. Yeah. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's got, yeah. it's like Paulie's attitude, but with like Danny Zuko's dress style. Yeah, that's <laughs> He's it. like a greaser gangster or something like that. He's just, yeah. And and that real like thick New York accent, I yeah, even though he's a shit stirrer, I uh, I did like him. He's uh, he's he's entertaining. Yeah, and just like um, John Travolta in Greece, he uh, gets away with the blonde woman as well. That's true. Yeah, so yeah, it works out. That's true. Really well. Yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, Daphne. Daphne, 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 Daphne. She's played by Carla Tumbarelli, and I didn't get her acting credits. Oh, um, okay. yeah. neither did I. And this is the only episode she's in. Uh, yeah, she is an absolute punisher. And George, I mean, he he has to go through everything just to prove a point and to one-up Al. Uh, crazy. I mean, how can he handle someone like her? My God, she's annoying. Yeah, she's... Punisher. She's very demanding. Very. Uh, and I think she has probably been through a series of relationships where, you know, she thinks the men are committed uh, and she's gotten to the point where she just lays it out. She says, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I expect. Uh, there's no sort of, there's no compromise, there's no flexibility, there's no like building up to commitment. It's just from, you know, more or less day dot or very soon in a relationship, it's got to be committed. I yeah. think she's she's reached that point in her life and she doesn't want to waste any more time and she's probably been left by a lot of men or mm-hmm. screwed over by a lot of men who've yeah. said that they've wanted to commit but then, uh, you know, left or yeah. didn't, didn't follow through. And I feel like, just adding on to that as well, I feel like her, you know, George wanting to be with her and you know tr- well, for, for his own ways i think she's probably surprised about that most of the guys break up with me so early but you're sticking around yeah but before um 
she uh, tells George that she cheated on him, she said, you know, like, I'm surprised by your commitment to commitment, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so I think, I think George is a breath of fresh air, even though he's lying just, to, just for spite. Indeed. <laughs> and it's funny how... Um, how uh, Elaine goes, you know, are you going to get married? You, you will get married just for spite. And George is like, yeah, I yes. would. And Jerry, like you see him pondering on the couch. i have to. Yeah and, yeah. and you see Jerry pondering in the background and he's like, I didn't see anywhere around this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like even Jerry agrees with that. He's yeah. like, I can't, th- that's the only way forward. It's <laughs> the only way forward. I know, just just for George to prove a point. Yeah. He'll he'll do a life a lifelong commitment just to prove a point. Yeah, just for spite. And to one-up Al. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just to prove our wrong. For spite. Yes. You do it for spite? Yes. Yep. Love it. Uh, yeah, the fact that she cheated on George, I think maybe she knew on some level that he was being dishonest about yeah. his, you know, because she's like, you know, Al told me that you're unable to commit. And George is like, oh, you know, that maybe once or twice, you know, I had a momentary lapse of maturity or whatever he says. But I think, you know, she goes along with it. But I think deep down she knows that George is George. Yeah, George And is I think, George, yeah. you know, sometimes people cheat or do something wrong. Uh, to, to sort of give themselves an excuse to leave, um, you know, like uh, it, for some reason it just it it makes me think of a situation where maybe if someone wants to leave a job, and for some reason they just can't do it, they can't mm. hand their resignation letter in, so they get themselves fired by making mistakes. It's yeah, cause I, I think people have done that, so it kind of reminds me of that. I think she did it to give herself an out, give herself an out, and she eventually meets Pachyderm, who's the uh, part of the story. Yeah, that they try and talk about with the pizza. Mysterious Pachyderm. Mysterious Pachyderm, and another unseen character. Indeed. Uh, let's talk about Fulton. Fulton, he's played by Michael Rivkin. He's appeared at a, as a guest in other TV shows. No real main starring roles, um, but he's been on shows including Grace Under Fire, Judging Amy, and ER. He has also voiced the character Rooster in the animated TV series Kung Fu Panda, The Paws of Destiny. Oh. Yes. Yeah, Fulton is a very depressed, humorless man. Uh, well, I could imagine he has probably a terminal illness, so that's yeah. probably upset him. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, and probably I think he's probably even before that he was depressed. I think it's one of those things where he was already he had a really melancholic existence and you know very sad. But then this kind of diagnosis, whether it was I don't know, cancer or some other kind of thing, he looked really pale as well. Yeah, if you noticed he looked um, he looked very very ill. I think basically like his depression kind of magnified yep. after that. It was kind of like I'm having a shit life now. Oh, I went for a, a test and the results say this. It's like, okay, well, I'm even more depressed now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Because, I mean, uh, you know, depressed people can still have moments of joy and laughter, but mm. he just seems 24-7 depressed. Yeah, yeah so I think, I think you're right there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he gets he suffers from fatal hilarity. He does. He laughs to death. So, in a way, it's kind of ironic. He never laughs and then... The thing that kills him is laughter. Yeah. Irony is delicious, isn't it? Pretty uh, pretty dark. Yeah, pretty dark, but there have been some dark moments like that before yeah. on the show. So That's true. Yeah, but we don't know enough about Fulton to really emphasize. We just we just see him in those scenes. Uh, but no. you know, at least hey, at least Jerry's new material worked. Yeah. Now, I love how Jerry writes new material just for Fulton, just yep. to, to you know, to win him over. And he so has to, good. And he has to call his wife, uh Adrian. I called her name because Jerry mentions it on the phone. Yeah. Uh he has to get her permission because you know, Fulton like Adrian obviously came to visit mm. Fulton after Jerry went there the first time and, right. and Fulton probably complained about Jerry about, about how, how shitty he was yeah about how shitty he was and yeah, Adrian's yeah. like can't you, we can't get him back like your your life is too on the line we yeah. can't get him back and uh, you hear Jerry like begging he's like yeah yeah, yeah. I, I you know I said this joke last week it kills like and then it kills and that's I wonder it. if that was some sort of like foreboding you know because <laughs> he's like I did this set last week and it killed yeah I th- <laughs> what do you think 
Why do you think Jerry was so adamant to try and get Fulton to laugh? Because I, I think obviously they knew each other, you know, they were friends. Um, but do you think maybe, I think Jerry makes a point saying where if he can't make a guy in hospital laugh, how can he make other people laugh? So yeah. you think maybe he just wanted to prove that he can actually, he's good to, at his craft? Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think it was based on wanting to make F- uh, Fulton laugh. I think it's just he needs to be right. He needs to be right. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a, you know, I mean, it's it's fortunate for Fulton that he got a laugh before he passed on. Like, mm. that's that's a nice way to go, especially if you've been depressed your whole life and the last few months have been especially rough. But uh, I don't think Jerry's motivation was altruistic. I don't think, I've got to make him laugh, and that's my only motivation. I think it was just because he could, he failed, so he had to succeed for he his own to, selfish needs. His own selfish needs, just yeah. to prove your point. Yeah. 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 So poor Fulton, rest in peace, man. At least you died happy. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Anyway, one more character I have, my man, Al Nitchi. Uh, he's played by W. Earl Brown, most famous for playing the character Don Doherty in the TV series Deadwood. Yeah. Uh, he's also appeared in the films There's Something About Mary and Black Mass. Yeah, he was uh, Mary's brother. Uh, the, oh. The, 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 the oh, Warren. Warren. Oh, he played. Oh, he played Warren in something about Warren. Mary. Oh, okay. Yeah, quite a transformation. I won't do oh, an impersonation. Indeed. No, oh no, no, no. But uh, yeah, if you're familiar with that oh, movie wow. and you know the Warren character, you would understand why that that's a surprise, like you now. Because yeah, I, I it's didn't. Oh, wow. Totally different person. I didn't put them together. No, Incredible. Yeah. obviously. We'll leave that kind of humor 20 years in the past. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely terrible, that portrayal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Wow. Okay. I'll have to I'll have to watch a clip or something. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. There you go. Anyway, Al, he's kind of more the conduit between George and Daphne. We don't really know too much about him in the, except for the fact that George wants to one-up him. Um, but yeah, like he's more of a, uh, he's a very committed man himself, Al. He says that he's happily married. He's deeply or in love. He's deeply in love in a relationship and... Yeah, he's just more of a conduit between Daphne and George. Yeah, there's not a lot to work with. He's only in the one scene on the bus in the opening scene. You actually hear about him more off screen than yeah. than you know more about him on screen. Yeah, he kind yeah. of just sets up the George storyline, and uh, I don't know. He seems to be he seems to know everyone. You don't you never find out what the links are that links like, uh, you know, Phil and Al and Fulton. It's I'm going to guess uh, it's either softball or comedy. Yeah, somewhere or mm-hmm. entertainment maybe. Um, you know, like maybe maybe uh, Jerry knew Daphne and introduced her to George, uh, introduced her to George or something. Yeah. But yeah, Al seems to be the the, the conduit between them all. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. But you don't know enough about him. But obviously, uh, he tells Daphne about George. Yeah. So he obviously knows George well enough to know his relationship history, uh, unless he doesn't really know him beyond you know that bus trip and maybe one other meet and all of his information has come from Jerry. No, I think they know each other. I think they're okay. mutual friends with Jerry. And yeah. George. Um, but obviously, you know, it's really funny because I, I didn't mention this at the start, but the stand-in feels like a season three episode, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like an episode which would be earlier, not season five. It yep. felt a bit, I don't know, it just felt like it was from a different different part of the, the whole canon of Seinfeld. I, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, since then, George has been with different women, especially Susan in his first stint. So, yep. he, so Al would probably know about Susan. And what happened? So he probably told Daphne as well. Yep. That you know George had a bit of trouble, and uh, he turned Susan to become uh, into a lesbian. Yeah. Because of his failures. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> he maybe Daphne had that in her mind too, saying, "Oh wow, that's what happened." Yeah. I mean, Al's obviously got an impression of George fairly accurate. Um, I don't think he was. I mean, George is very upset that uh, Al is speaking uh, in. Uh, what's the word? Ill of him. Ill, yes. Um, you know, and that is potentially compromising relationship that he doesn't even want to be in anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think Al's like just he seems like just like an everyman. I yeah. think he's a sort of guy that no one could really hate, mm-hmm. but he's not so memorable as to be like 
anyone's favorite person. I think he's just like a, a middle of the road average dude who everyone kind of likes. Yeah, everyone likes. You no, know, he's knows, sort of yeah. he's like wallpaper. He's yeah. you know he's cool, he's fine, but he's not he's not Kramer. No, he's, he's not, not George. He's not especially eccentric or memorable. He's no. just he's just a guy. Yeah, just and an average and every man. Just one of many other secondary characters. Yeah, and the name Al is so like middle of the road. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's like Pete or I don't know Amy. It's just <laughs> so like. Oh, yeah, there's Amy. There's, cool. Hey, Al, how's it going? Hey, Al, how you doing? Yeah, yeah good, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Just an every, everyday man. Yeah. 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 Anyway, do you have any other notes on secondary characters? No, quite a few uh, this yes, week. There but were. Uh, that's all I've got. Indeed. And like we've mentioned several times in this episode, uh, if you want to find out more about Mickey Abbott, go back through our feed and listen to our What's the Deal with Mickey Abbott episode if you want to know more about him. That's right. When we come back, we'll find out where the episode ranks in all the episodes we've reviewed so far and whether any of the secondary characters appear in our top 20 of all time. Very good. How do those lifts feel? Quiet. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, Tammy. Hey, you look different. Have you been working out? Not that I know of. Well, whatever it is you're doing, keep doing it. You look great. How about lunch? Oh, I can't today. But um, I see it in our future. Now, Stephen, out of 128 episodes we have done so far of Seinfeld, where does the stand-in sit for you, buddy? Uh, it sits at number 63. 63. Excellent. 73 for me. Yep. Yeah. Enjoyable episode. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mickey Abbott, so it was good to see him for the first time. Very nice uh, premises. I liked all the subplots. And, uh, yeah, the I guess the only thing was Phil Totola and his very bad behaviour to Elaine, which, you know, back in 1994 was, you know, comedy, but now it's very unacceptable. But in the context of that time and that episode it was funny more of the took it out you know the he took it out is like a big catchphrase yeah i think it's the word play that that makes it memorable that makes it memorable absolutely yeah that makes it more memorable and uh, yeah it was a very enjoyable episode and it was a kind of like almost like an homage of sorts to season three yeah kind of like a hark back to that yep Mm. yeah no i agree I, I can't really think of anything I didn't like about the episode. Nothing reached the level of, like, excellent. Mm, it was no, all no, just, no. like, really solid. Yeah, very solid, yeah. yeah. Tried and true Larry and David, uh, Larry David penned episode. Yeah, nothing bad, but nothing classic. Just a good middle-of-the-road episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, and all the secondaries were good. Uh, lots of secondaries. Sometimes when they try and cram too many secondaries in, it kind of dilutes it, but I think there was a right amount. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they're all kind of connected through Fulton, I think, was a nice touch as well. Absolutely. Uh, any secondary characters make your top 20 this week? No. No? Mickey Abbott, he's already in my top 20. He's number 18. Yep. Um, but, yeah, he's really fun, and, uh, yeah, we see him in many other episodes. Indeed. Indeed. If we had a bottom 10, Phil would be right down there. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom 10. Yeah. 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 He'd be, he'd be in there somewhere. Somewhere, Yeah. Yeah. Mm. My top five characters uh, that we've done so far, uh, Joe from The Mango, Eric the Clown from The Fire, which we've done recently. Yeah. Uh, the record store owner from The Old Man, which I think was our second episode. Uh, Frank Costanza uh, and Elton and uh, Elton Bennis and Jack Columbus have tied for number one. My my top five are Susan. She's number five. Uh, Yevgasim, the soup Nazi, is number four. Number three, Uncle Leo. Number two, like you, Frank Costanza. And number one, George Steinbrenner. Nice. Yes. Anyway, that was another episode of Bidwell Basque. Thank you so much for listening. This is the first week in many, many weeks where Stephen and I are back together in the uh, studio. Well, not quite. The studio, uh, H-E- Vandalay Studios, uh, not quite the Vandalay Studios. It used to be the Penny Pack Studios. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> like we have to, we have to remember things. We're like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so we're not quite in the Vandalay Studios. There's a few things in there, but we're on the dining table recording. But it's still fun nonetheless. And yeah, we do thank you and appreciate your kind words uh, after what happened. You know, with Stephen as well recently. We thank you for you know your your kind words and uh, being patient for another episode. And uh, yeah, we hope you can keep getting you know talking to us getting in touch we love hearing from you 
Indeed. And if you do want to get in touch with us, you can email podcast at gmail.com. You can say hello on uh, our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. Uh, we are on Patreon as well, so check that out if you want to get some goodies for various dollars per month. And we will be free up until June 1st. After that, we will be charging for one uh, or two dollars per month. Oh, sorry, two or three dollars. Oh, one, one or two. two. One, one or two. two. Yes. Thank you. Um, and if you don't have a few bucks to spare, but you still want to support us, you can leave a five-star review. And uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook group, uh, Seinfeld on Facebook, obviously. Yes. Uh, we're now, by far, the biggest Facebook group on Seinfeld, which is awesome. 63,500 members yep. now. Goodness yep. me. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. blown up. Yeah, I, I haven't been checking it all that often over the last couple of weeks due to what I talked about at the top of the episode. But uh, every time I do, I'm like, ooh, wow, it's growing. So, yeah, if you want to get in on the fun, uh, check it out. Indeed. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And next week, we are traveling back to season nine after a couple of weeks, and we're talking about the reverse peephole. So we'll see you next week for that episode. You take Okay, now. Catch you later.